Welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ball Player podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us on our 124th episode of the podcast, where we get a chance to talk to Coach Lane Burroughs. Burroughs is the head coach at Louisiana Tech. It's his seventh season. Guiding the Bulldogs. Um, he's had back-to-back NCAA regionals, first first regional since 1987. 2021 was the first time in program history that they hosted a regional. First time in program history they were Conference USA Tournament champions. Set the record for most conference wins. First time in program history that they beat a number one ranked team. He's won over 300 games as a head coach. He's got more wins in his first three years at La Tech than any coach in a first three, in a three-year span. He is the former head coach at Northwestern State, where he led them in a three straight 30-win seasons. He's also been a former assistant coach at Mississippi College, East Mississippi Community College, Northwestern State, Southern Miss, Kansas State, and Mississippi State. Coach Burroughs, we get a chance to have a great conversation. Really fortunate to be able to talk to a, a great coach and Coach Burroughs. Uh, touch base about his culture. Just have a, just a full, transparent conversation. Here they are. Easter weekend. After Easter weekend, just touching base about how the realistic part of where he's at in the season. It's really cool perspective to hear. Um and he talks about being transparent, and you can feel he's a real, real guy, and, and, I, and it, it's impactful. And I really um, enjoyed our time together, and uh, I hope you do as well. And uh, like I said, culture, he touches base on how he's deal with adversity, the things that they're, things that they're working on, um, our identity as coaches. We touch base about that. It's a pretty – hear his uh, perspective. And how, and how he made a commitment. He made a commitment to making everyone have baseball being the best part of their day. And I went to come in and make a commitment about that. It's just really great things, um, and I can't wait till you guys hear it and uh, and hopefully enjoy it. Um, really thankful for our sponsors as well, uh, Netting Professionals. Netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting Professionals specialize in the design, fabrication, installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, scoreboards, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting professionals continue to provide quality products and services to many recreation, high school, and college fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on twi- Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. So big shout-out to Will Miner and those guys at the Nink Pros. Thank you guys for sticking with us, and enjoy the great conversation with head coach of Louisiana Tech, Lane Burroughs. You know what? It's a big event, man. We uh, we had over – we had about a 1,000 people, and it's, it's a big fundraiser for us. We do every year, and – um, you know, obviously coming off two regionals, everybody's fired up and it was, uh, we actually had to move it. We used to have it at a, we call it the Davidson athletic complex over the football facility and real nice room, but it only holds about 400 people. So we actually had to move it to our, 
Thomas Assembly Center, which is our coliseum, our basketball arena. So it wow. kind of it's growing. That- so we had that's a good thing, a good good problem to have, I guess. For sure, what a great problem to have! Wow, you had to move to the basketball coliseum. Yeah, oh, it, man, it, it ended awesome. up being a, a great event, man. It was it was awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. We, can, we do it a little different. We don't just. It's not like you know the um, the chicken dinner, and we have fun with it. You know, our, our players do video. They, we call it award show, and they make fun of everybody, and they make fun of the coaches, and they they, they act like us, and we make them introduce each other and say something interesting, funny about that person. And we do a, where are they now segment? Uh, we, it, it goes by pretty quick and it's, it's fun. It's entertaining. It's not like you're normal. I never have a guest speaker cause you always have to babysit that person, pay them. And sometimes they can go long. So, uh, we, it just kind of runs itself. So it's kind of a different, when I was at Mississippi state, that's the way Cohen ran it. And I kind of took that with me and I think people enjoy it. So Cohen ran it. So that's where. So so ever since you were at Louisiana at La Tech, and and you've done it the same way since you left Mississippi. Oh State. yeah, yeah. Even when I went to Northwestern State, uh, we did it like that there, and we've done it the same way here. Yeah, it's, and I think people, it's really a good deal. Everybody always says that was the best event we've been to on because it's just we have fun with it. Everybody has a good time. One thing our guys do a great job with as part of our culture too, man, is we uh we get out. We're gonna be. Uh, a face and a part of the community as far as when we do camps or our first pitch banquet i mean they're they're schooled on you're going to shake hands you're going to you're going to act interested in the stories that all the older people are telling you and and uh you're, you're gonna you're gonna introduce yourself look them in the eye and i'm telling you it, it goes a long way we've broken season ticket sales uh every every year since i've been here seven years not because of me but i think it and you know success helps but i think it's more than that i think our guys are like rock stars, man, in this town. They, it's just because the way they act and the way they engage with our fans and our season ticket holders. It, it, and then when we have our banquet, it just takes it to another level because our guys are a big part of it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a it's it's very relaxed atmosphere, and it, it's more like going to a show or something. It's, it's really fun, a date night. And uh, people, the way our guys, uh, they kind of carry the whole program, man, and it, 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 our people love it. How much, I mean, it just sounds like it's a, it's an event that you really have to prepare for. Like, how much are you preparing guys for this, or it, it, do they have time to do it, or is it, like, how involved are you in the preparation of all that? Well, I'll tell you this, it ruins my Christmas every year. It, that's what <laughs> I tell my wife. It's like, here we go. You get to Christmas, and I'm like, I'm getting sped up, and we, me and her, because me and her always usually did it. Now, we have a group of moms that uh, – literally and dads they jump in too there's a couple of them of our parents of our players and they've kind of i kind of did a committee and they they take it and they run with it i mean we got people involved that i kind of just step back and my wife still spearheads it but it, it does man it you, you start preparing in november and uh with the food and all that kind of stuff and then we're on christmas break we're pulling out all the old decorations and the the main thing that stresses me out is the video stuff because our players do the video award show and you know, it never fails. They wait, wait, wait. We're about two weeks out. And I'm like, Hey, you guys need to knock it out, man. And they'll come up here one night and do it. And they always do a great job. And we do a crib thing as well. So they'll pick one of our players, uh, either house or apartment where a lot of them live and they'll do like a cribs episode, you know, spin off of the old MTV thing. And they always make it funny. So 
that that makes it most stressful to me is um when we get back and i'm trying to get them to do their part you know how that goes they'll they'll yeah. procrastinate but they always get it done and seem to do a good job so the video award ceremony so as you're putting them all together so I just, it's such a cool, I, cause I can even see this at the end of the, like a lot of guys will have like end of the year banquets as well. Can you explain, yeah. like, can you, can you tell me like, uh, do you have different awards for people, for everybody or like, well, I, I let, yeah, I let the, uh, players, uh, pick it. The seniors, they run the video like this year and I, we usually give out five awards and I had, I have to run it by me obviously cause it's a family uh, so we'll have, you know, worst hair on the team, uh, those type of awards, or, or worst body or worst athlete, or, you know, if somebody did something funny uh, earlier in the year, they'll spin off that. That's kind of an inside joke. So it, it's not like it's not necessarily um, uh, good awards, what you want to get, but it's funny. It's uh, <laughs> it, we tell our guys, you got to have thick skin, man. We're like a family. We're going we're going to bust on each other. Like we had a kid, a freshman pitcher this year. He we had the weekend off, and he went down to LSU uh, Alabama football game, and and uh, somebody stole his wallet, so he had hit a wall and broke his hand. And um, so you know he got the um, I guess the uh, boxing award or the Muhammad Ali or it, I can't remember the name, but our guys they do that kind of stuff. It's and it, it's pretty fun. Our guys that oversleep and late for weights or or, or miss class, they'll give the and, and and the good thing is you have nominees, so it it'll show their picture up there. And they usually try to find a, a a picture on social media from a long time ago, something that's embarrassing. And yeah, man, it's pretty funny. They do a good job with it, but they keep it clean. Right, sure, sure. No, that's that's hilarious. So so you give five like are are your awards that you give like are they the serious ones or are they are all just 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 oh, picking no, fun. They're... No, just just uh, making fun of people. Okay, and having okay. A good time with it. Yeah, that's and what cool. they'll do is the players will, when they're videoing it, each one player will play me, and I let them use our offices, you know, and they'll they'll do a spoof on me and make fun of me and things I do, and then they'll do the all the assistants. So, like the assistants, the coaches are actually the ones saying your nominees are, but it's actually a player acting like us. So it, the whole thing's pretty pretty hilarious. Yeah, I really like how it's a uh, player player led too. That's really cool. Well, like you said, they they're 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 the ones that's best with this video too. Yeah, and I mean they're being they're they're being creative, man. That's a good thing. You see, when you see them, because they always always have to see it to make sure it's clean. They didn't do anything, and uh, when I'm watching it with them, it's amazing how creative these dudes are. I mean. Yeah. The guy that really spearheaded it this year, Jonathan Fincher, he's been our Friday night guy for five years. He's in his sixth year and already got a de degree and a master's and going to go to medical school. And literally he put together, we were a week out and he was in the press box where I'm sitting right now, um, putting together this video. I mean, he did it. I mean, it was like a Hollywood production thing. Like it was like one of, as far as music and it's not just like, you know something a piece of garbage it is you would think a professional did it and then he he did that up here went down and threw an inner squad threw about three innings shut out and he came back up and finished it so <laughs> but the just the the creativity man it's unbelievable wow that's super, that's super cool that is super cool so it, it sounds like just just as uh as you're tight-knit you know and here you are this is your first pitch banquet it happens probably in january before you get rolling 
how is it, you know, it, it sounds like your culture is so important to you. Like, how have you, like, have you gotten to, how have you gotten to that point, you know, especially with, like, let's say you're a freshman. How do they get to that point where, you know, here they are ragging each other and accepting these awards and all that, you know, it's really seems like it's a very, uh, like you said, a family. Yeah, look, our, our, uh, our program is player ran. I mean, we tell every uh, recruit and their parents that. I mean, we obviously you got the coaches and uh, everything starts and ends with me because I'm the head coach. But uh, our players, look, uh, just like, for instance, yesterday was Easter and I, uh, I texted one of our leaders and said, hey, do you want to lift in the morning or do you all want to lift after practice? And there he's like, after practice. So he checks there. So just simple. Our players, they run the program. And I think it's made our culture extremely strong. You know, it's uh, uh, those young guys come in and we, you know, from the first meeting of the year, we lay it out. I mean, it's a two hour meeting and it's a, uh, it's a 60 slide uh, PowerPoint of everything from A to Z and uh, what we're about, our, the family and, and uh, those guys, that that's the beauty of it is, um, you know, when, by the time the guys that are the leaders, graduate or get drafted and move on those young guys they know i mean it's and that to me and i tell them that that's one of the greatest things about coaching is you see these young men come in they're boys let's be honest and mm-hmm. and uh they're they're green and they're tiptoeing around and they're worried about what the coach thinks and and i you know i, I can be i use humor a lot by the way i grew up i kind of grew up crazy we can get into that later and i just i instead of dwelling on stuff i like to use humor and and uh, sometimes it can be sarcastic and you'll see it. The older guys will be laughing and the younger guys are like, is he serious? And, you know, and it's great to see them, but within four years, they're the guys laughing and the younger you guys are like, is he being serious right now? It's, but that's who we are. And it's, it's a very player driven program and, and uh, they run the show, man. And uh, I call them in and meet with them all the time, our leaders and, and, um, and, and they keep the clubhouse uh, in check. And, you know, I never go in our locker room ever. Wow. You know, if I ever go in the locker room, we have a great facility. We had the tornado in 19. It tore up our place and fortunate to have this beautiful facility. And we got a classroom. Our coaches offices are upstairs and overlooking the field. And and then uh, the locker room, players lounge and uh, training room and any facility is all downstairs. And I, I just I don't know why. If I come in the locker room, it gets really quiet. And I, I tell them, that's your space, man. That's if we're in the locker room and I'm in there, it ain't good. Uh, it, it, it means it, it's about to get uh, hairy in there. It's uh, maybe we didn't play well, but I just firmly believe it's uh, you know that's their space and 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 we don't need to be in there hanging out with them. They need to be able to to talk freely and and uh, you know as we speak right now, we're we're struggling. We're not having a great year to our standards. We're 500 and um, you know we were picked to win the league, so we're dealing with adversity and. And uh, I walked by after a tough loss about three weeks ago on Saturday. I actually didn't. I was doing media. But our assistants up in our locker room said, you would be proud of one of our players. So I didn't think, honestly, it was a real leader. They said he was he was letting them have it. And uh, he'd been in our program for four years. And they said he was crying. And, like, and he's one of our smaller guys as far as physical stature. And they said they, looked, they went in to make sure and said everybody was – I mean, they were – locked in on him and it was a passionate you know plea to play better and we got to do better and you know I just think that's why we kind of stay out of there you know it's I think that's their space and and uh, they need to have that uh, a place where they can vent and and uh, have player only meetings and things like that 
I guess you you mentioned, um, you know, like how you texted uh, your your leaders. Is that kind of how you're you know, with, with not going in there? And how how are you able to keep the pulse of the team when you ha- when they have? Yeah, we pain? have. I, I, I've always called. I played for a guy, Corky Palmer, passed away this summer when I was in junior college and worked for him at Southern Miss for nine years. He always called guys company men. You know, he would be like, "Man, we're gonna struggle without so and so next." He's such a company man, and what he meant by that was it didn't mean he was our best player. It just meant he was kind of the guy that, that the glue that held it together, you know, or he showed up every day. He always posted, he played hurt. He, you never had to worry about him. You never had to talk him into practicing or playing. And, and uh, so I kind of brought that with me everywhere I've been. So-and-so is a company man. I've always said that. Well, about four years ago or yeah, four years ago after the tornado, you know, just we don't have a facility for two years. We're practicing at the high school park. We don't have a locker room. We're trying to recruit. Um, and it, it's tough. And then that rolls into COVID. So you're sitting there with all this adversity and you don't even have a home. Right. Uh, and we got a good program. You know, it ain't like it, it, we're not where we are now, but uh, we have a really good program. We've been ranked and, uh, multiple times right on the cusp of going to regionals. And, and uh, I just decided to do something different. We call them bulldog men. Uh, and every year at the banquet, uh, it's kind of a big deal. We don't call them captains. We, it, it's we name bulldog men. And I kind of wanted to do it like the Yankees, uh, where we don't name captains or bulldog men every year. I mean, we went a couple of years, didn't even name any, but I've named them actually bulldog men after they left. Uh, as mm. a matter of fact, but we, uh, it's kind of a big deal. It's if you're named a bulldog man, you're a captain for life. Uh, and then at the banquet, you're presented with a, a huge picture of yourself in action and the game action i mean and it's done really well and the, all those pictures hang in our classroom with the sign bulldog men over it i mean it, it's a big deal now and i've had guys literally recruiting uh tell me they want to come here because they want to be a bulldog man and uh you know so it, it's it's really that simple and when when like times like now i'm calling the bulldog man or texting them come to my room or get come to the office what we what do, what do we need to do? And you, it's guys you can lean on. It doesn't necessarily mean they're our best players. Uh, it just means they're dudes. They show up every day. Uh, they keep everybody in check. Uh, you know, that young man I was talking about earlier that uh, was pleading with our team, and he's not a Bulldog man, but he probably will be next year. And <laughs> just things like that, that that I would have never seen that our assistants happened to walk by. But, yeah, it's uh, it's a captain for life, and we don't do it every year. Um you know, it was amazing. We go those two years without the facility, and then the year we opened this facility, and it's it's still post-COVID, but, you know, they're not letting a lot of people in, and the facility's really not done. And that's the year we hosted. You know, we go two years. And one thing I tell Trey, all our recruits and their families is culture's a buzzword. Family's a buzzword. We use it. We all do. And it's to us, all I can tell you is we went two years without a field or a home, and nobody left. We had four All-Americans. Jonathan Fincher, Parker Bates, Hunter Wells, Taylor Young, you know, and three, um, two of those young men are, are in pro ball now, climbing their way up the, the ladder in minor league baseball. And none of those guys left, man. It's, uh, they stayed with us and, and, and they were rewarded. Um, we hosted a regional for the first time in school history and then went to a regional last year and, uh, won the league the last two years. We won, uh, which had not been done. As I'm looking out over our field, there's, uh, conference championships, 1980, uh, 1992. The next one was in, was when 2021 regionals, um, 
1987. The next one was in 2016. And, you know, one of our outfielders one day was, he said, you know, what was going on between 87 and 16, coach? I said, not, not a lot, apparently. Uh, but my point is those guys, they stayed with us and it would have been easy to go, you know what? Uh, we live in a day and age where guys are free to leave and oh, yeah. be eligible. And, and we had four all Americans. It didn't like, we didn't have good players. Those guys could have went anywhere they wanted and they'd have played and they stayed with us, man. And there were trade we're being transparent. And there were days I pulled up in my pickup to the high school field and it's muddy. And I'm watching our managers trek equipment and machines and, I'm like, I don't know if I can get out of this truck, man. That's yeah. a year and a half of this. And I would hear our guys out there hitting at noon. Like, they they pulled me out of my truck. And, and the work ethic went through the roof. I mean, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? We don't have anywhere to go hang out. Yeah. You go work. And that's, I think that in adversity, and I think it's helping us right now. Because, you know, since I've been the coach here uh, for seven years, we've never been in a situation. We've never, we've never been in the middle of the year, 500, you know, and, 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 and it didn't like this team didn't have expectations. And it's, I think we're all learning something about ourselves and, and getting through this and, and uh, not stopping. And, you know, it's like, we keep telling our guys that be who we are. Uh, I have a saying that uh, when, when you're recruiting at a high level and I tell every recruit this uh, and their parents, when you're recruiting at a high level and you're having success, you get who you are. Uh, you're you're attracted to us because of who we are. We're attracted to you because of what you are, and, and you know if it's a fit or not. If, if it's a match, you know immediately. Yep. Uh, you know my evaluation starts as a head coach when you stick your hand out to me. Did you shake my hand right? Did you look me in the eye? And there's been a lot of days that I've been sitting there about to uh, talk about the scholarship, and scholarship goes right back in my desk because it's not going. It, it's not who we are. It's and talk about player driven. I give our guys on on business. They tell us, coach, he's not one of us, or he is. This guy, a hundred percent. And 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 uh, I know I'm rambling here, but just trying to give you a synopsis of our culture and who we are. And uh, it, it's very player driven, and and I feel like our culture's really really strong. Well, it speaks volumes. I mean, I just, I, I mean, I got it bolded. You know, like you went two years, and like you said, in this day and age, you went two years with no facility and no one left. Like it's incredible. It's an incredible statement. Um, even from the terms of probably the newer guys that you had, you know, and guys that just work. So like, man, like what is it maybe that they all went through that together and they were all like going and, and seemed like guys were buying into just, we're going to get through this together. And that's why they didn't leave. Well, there's no doubt. I think too, I think, I think they like it here, man. And you know, we uh I can be I can be a handful. Trust me, I I can be tough and I can be hard to play for sometimes. And but when I became a head coach in, in two thousand uh thirteen, two thousand twelve, thirteen, look I left a program that uh I was at Mississippi State for four years and we had just won the SEC tournament. I got an opportunity to go back to Northwestern State where I was an assistant years before and uh, worked under Dave Van Horn, Rob Childress. John Cohen, uh, while I was there at Northwestern as an assistant, but got a chance to go back and be a head coach. And, uh, we went 16 and 40, man. And, uh, we didn't have any rainouts. I tell that story and everybody laughs, no rainouts, 16 and 40. We were no good. I'm questioning, what did I do? And meanwhile, the team I left Mississippi state, they're on TV playing for a national championship against UCLA. And it was tough. I mean, I'm proud of and happy for those guys and those coaches, but, uh, the selfish side of me is going, really? 
I left uh, to go 16 and 40, and and I have to sit here and watch the team that I, me and Butch Thompson essentially and Nick Mingione put together, yeah, uh, play for a national championship. And you know that took five years off my life, and I, I'm not getting to enjoy it. And you know you kind of have to check yourself and uh, and reevaluate uh, what's important to you uh, and why you're really doing this. But yeah, it's uh, but we, it, I don't even remember just the question you asked. I got to rambling again, but. Yeah, um, I love it. Nobody left. It, it, it's what we were talking about, and I, I just think, oh, I know what we were, we were talking about. I, I made a I made a commitment uh, at that point. Look, I I want our guys and I want our coaches to have fun, man. I I've been in programs as a coach, as a player, and you pull up to the facility and you're like, whoa, I don't really want to go in there, and I don't. That's a bad feeling, and I, I just made a commitment. You know, after that first year as a head coach, it's miserable, and I'm like, I'm. I want our players and our coaches, no matter what, I don't care what our record is. I want them to pull up to this facility and I want them to enjoy it and have fun. I want this to be the best part of their day. Uh, if it's not, then we're not doing something right. And, I, and honestly, I, I think we've done a good job with that. Uh, again, I know I can be a handful and I, I can be tough and, uh, and I, I can, guys can, they'll avoid me, trust me on certain days. But I think to a man, if you ask them, they'll tell you, we treat them like men, we treat them right. And uh, that, they like coming to work. They like coming to practice. They like coming to the games. And I don't think it's ever a time where they, they feel like this is they dread coming to uh, the baseball field. So that was the big change, like you said, from Northwestern to where you were at La, La Tech was just the commitment to just making it the best part of their day. Yeah, I mean, I think so. It's it, My first year as a head coach, you're going, wow, I should have stayed it as an assistant. Can I really do this? I mean, you know, I can tell you a little story this year as, head, as coaches. Uh, I'm 50 years old. I turned 50 in December, and I've been doing this for 27 years. This is my 27th year, and uh, I've seen it. I've seen a lot. And uh, earlier this year, we were playing a team that was kind of scuffling, and, and they have a new coach, and it, it's, a, it's a very, very, very good coach, very prominent, uh, has had a ton of success, and uh, – you know, we were both kind of going through the same type of year, and we just got to talking on Sunday, and and uh, he, he, I let it all out, man. You know, I mean, all all of uh, we all have insecurities, but we don't like to show them. You know, yeah. and I think that first year head coach, I'm like, can I do this? And, uh, it's been as easy as I thought it was going to be. I'm not quite as good as I thought I was. And you kind of get checked, and uh, you know, you, you you lean on your faith, you lean on your family, and this is what you're supposed to be doing. Even right now, you know, as me and you talk, it's not going great, but uh, I'm here for a reason. Uh, the good Lord led me here. Uh, even during the tornado ravage two years, I'm going, really? I get, But it's there's a reason. I was the one chosen and picked to be here at that time, and I think we all are. You're, you're where you're supposed to be at that time and uh, for a reason. It's not just by chance. Um, but anyway, me and this guy were having a talk, and he told me after the game, he said, look, uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it you opening up and, and just talking to me, he said, because, you know, I, you, you look, I said, Hey man, we all strut around and posture and act like we got it all figured out. When in reality, none of us do. And I think that, I think uh, he even texted me on the way home. He said, man, I just, I've been really struggling and I can't thank you enough. And, and, you know, to me, I'm going, that, that was worth the trip of going to play them, having yeah. that talk. And it, I know coaches throughout have helped me. And I just think sometimes we all get in, you know, it's it's intense mode and competitive mode, which you need to be in. But uh, I think sometimes we we give off this vibe. We got it figured out and try to 
but when, in reality, we don't. And I think it's good coaches lean on each other, and we should do more of that, you know. And I, I'm guilty of it too. I mean, that's, uh, but I, and I think that's a big part of our program as well. I, uh, I tell our our guys, they, I'm real with them, man. I, I don't hold anything back. And I think sometimes when you when they see vulnerability and transparency, I think it helps. And it's no no different than going to church, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear the preacher up there telling me how great he is and how bad I am. I want to hear the guy that's uh, been redeemed and, and has faults and okay, well, that guy's like me, you know, and, uh, I think that's, I think that's really important. And we do that in our program. How do you, how do you do? So like, uh, I know, and I, and I honestly think like nowadays is like, and I think kids have always done, but like, it's a big deal for kids to know someone's fake now. Like, you're not going to be able to fake that. And I think it really turns people off as well. So I think it's such a, even bigger, it's not the, you're just going to respect me because I'm the elder now. Like it's, it's a little bit of like, you're also got to be a little bit real as well. And those guys also, I think like, like you're, like you're doing a program, they're doing everything they can for you. Well, there's no doubt. Look, these these dudes, these kids are smart, man. I got I got two daughters in college, and my so I got a, my son's 15. He's in ninth grade, and kids are smart. You know, we all love to talk about how different the kids are now, and it, it's a different time. I mean, we're different than our parents. I mean, it's right. Kids are always going to be different, and it's going to that it's going to happen as long as the world's here. But uh, they're smart, um, you know, and they're paying attention. And they're watching you. Uh, you know, I was telling a guy I was visiting with one of my good friends, um, Travis Wyckoff, the other day. And, you know, I try to make a just one of the things that I told him and shared with him was um, uh, it never fails. I try to I try to stay real stoic when I'm coaching uh, in the third base box and a kid strikes out or he gets, doesn't get a bun down. I do not react. And I'll tell you why. It never fails. If a kid punches out in a big moment and I've got my sunglasses on, I always – cut my eyes to our dugout and every kid in the dugout immediately turns and looks at me every time yeah and they're looking to see how i'm gonna react like what's he gonna do what is he about to flip out and uh you know so they're watching sometimes they give you the vibe they're not paying attention or listening to you uh but look I, our guys know all about me i you know it i grew up crazy and i let them know that you know I, my mom was married six times my dad four i've had 20 step half brothers and sisters but i'm an only child i tell that story all the time try to figure that out and mm-hmm. i was really the only person in my family that that was into sports none, none of the people you know so I, I found i found out quick that hey i can run a football and i can score touchdowns and i can i can steal bases and get base hits and people like me now all of a sudden it's i'm cool and yeah. uh, i kind of grasped onto that and became my identity and I was the uh, not trying to be that guy, first person, but I really was. I was the first person in my family to ever go to college. I went to junior college, and that's where I that's where I hooked up with uh, Corky Palmer and Scott Berry. Man, they were, and those dudes became my mentors, my brothers, my second dad, and and uh, I knew right then I want to coach. It's what I want to do. I want to do what those guys are doing, making a difference. And and um, you know I would do anything to get a a pat on the back or or a compliment from a coach, anything, anything. Mm-hmm. That was the world to me. And uh, those guys know that about me. I tell stories about my upbringing all the time. I was telling one Sunday or Saturday before we left the hotel in our scouting report, just I kind of sensed a, um, I, I sensed us being a little tight. Uh, we, you know, we're in that, we're 500 right now. And this, this uh, program, our older guys, you, you can see it, man. They're tense. And yeah, uh, they, they feel like they're going to be the team to not go to the regional or break the streak or that we're going to be remembered. As, and I, I kind of told a story from my upbringing. And, uh, 
you know, and, and they all started laughing, but I share those things with them. I'm, you know, I'm open, I'm open with them. And, uh, I think they appreciate it that, you know, coach Burroughs ain't got it all figured out. He ain't some perfect guy up there on the pedestal. He's one of us. And, and, uh, you know, there's nothing. I always tell them, look, you can come see me. I tell my own kids, they know, I mean, you can come talk to me about anything. I can assure you there's nothing you can put on my desk or tell me that I hadn't seen or already dealt with. You're not going to shock me. I can assure you. So I think, you know, for the, for them to know that, I think it helps with our family and our culture oriented program that they know they can walk in. Uh, we have a rule, bad news first, kind of mafia. Uh, it's the bad news first. I don't want to find out about bad news. We live in a small town and yeah. if I find out before you tell me and look, our guys do it, man. It's unbelievable. It's, uh, uh, if the phone rings at 1130 at night, I know it ain't good because they're not calling me to chit chat, you know, right. or I have them waiting on me at the office. Uh, hey, I did this or this happened. And I think it's helped us, uh, you know, as a program. They don't if they, if they make a bad decision, they they're in my office. They tell me about it. They know I, I do not need to hear hear about it on the street. Uh, and I just think that open door policy and that transparency is it's uh, helped our program flourish. Yeah, I love, I love, what a great principle for sure. Bad news first, you know. It's also a great thing to, for your kids to see with themselves too. Um, Coach, I was just wondering, like, because um, you know, I've just with my upbringing as well. You know, I was the first college guy, first uh, kid in my family, first person. The same. My point, I, I guess, I was thinking about like you're right. You said that kind of your identity was sports, and as you've grown, you know, where you are now, like how have what when was the switch of like kind of where you help change that identity? Is the identity still the same? Like it's just sports, or is it like how have you, I guess, matured and changed through that identity? Where you just like you said, we're doing everything you can to get the coaches compliment, you know, and 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 just identity in sports to where where you are now. Well, I think it's an ongoing process. I mean, we're we're kidding ourselves if you know we had a. Um, we had a rough weekend not long ago and my, my, my pastor reached out, Hey, I'm here and I, I'm here for you if you need anything. And I said, yeah, I'd like to meet with you. You shouldn't have asked. And I'm in his office at seven o'clock next morning and we're talking and, you know, and we talked about that, the identity and how I, you know, grew up and it's always been my identity. It's not good. It can't be that yeah. uh, because base, baseball or sports is going to let you down. It just, but I think every coach will tell you to a man and even athletes that, uh, it's an ongoing process. You know, it's at the end of the day, we're judged by the public by wins and losses. If we are, I mean, if you can say, well, he graduated all these people and they're great kids and they're, but you know what? He didn't win. We got to get rid of it. So at the end of the day, our jobs are, are, are based on how many games we won. And so when, when that's essentially what you're based on, it's hard for it not to be your identity. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's an ongoing struggle. It's something I struggle with. I don't know if other people do. I'm sure they do. And, and uh, you know, you, it's one of those things. Just like the other day, I, Saturday morning, I opened up my devotional, and it was about uh, where's your heart, you know. And it, it was John Eldridge was talking about he had dreamed about this uh, elk hunt and, and prayed about it and dreamed about it. And I'm reading this one. This is me. Uh, you can you can replace hunt with uh, baseball, and he said, he, of course, they get there and uh, it rains. There's there's no elk. Uh, they can't sleep. It's cold, and it, it let him down. It's like you know he's laying in his bed going, what what? Why is this a disaster? 
you know, and God tells him, I need your heart back. Uh, it ain't about this hunt. And I'm going, yep, there it is. Uh, amazing. That was my devotional right here in the middle of the season. Cause you got, you, you have to check yourself and say, Hey, it, you know, whether we win or lose today, I'm still the same person. I gotta be the same dad, same husband, um, the same person in the community. And, uh, you know, and I think through this tough time this year, Trey, we're, I'm learning. I told, uh, I told my pastor that I'm learning a lot about myself, man. You know, if you would have told me before the season, um, hey, you're going to be 500 at the the middle of the season, I probably would have been like, well, I won't be able to deal with that because we're picked to win the league. We're supposed to have a really good team this year. But here we are, and and we are dealing with it. You have to. There's no other choice. And, you know, I have a a call-in show every Monday night at the doghouse here in town. And trust me, when you're winning, I was telling our team this the other day, when you're winning, like we have the last two years, it's easy to – strut up in there with your chest out and shake hands and everybody's patting you on the back, but you got to take the good with the bad right now. Yeah. It's not so easy to walk up in there, but you got to do it. And, um, you know, you, 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 it's amazing. Uh, you know, when you, when you try to do things right and live your life right. And I, I'm, trust me, I'm, I always tell our guy, I'm most flawed man in the room every time I walk in the room, but, uh, it's amazing the amount of, uh, text, uh, calls, you know, just, Hey, I'm thinking about you, praying for you just from, I'm getting stuff from people I went to high school with that. I don't, I hadn't talked to in years and they're like, yeah. Hey man, I hang in there. You got it. It's like, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. So, you know, these people, they, those are the real people. They're going to love you no matter what, whether you win a game or lose a game. And uh, I think you, you need to go through times like we are right now. Um, and we did with the tornado. You find out about yourself, you find out what you're made of and, and, uh, it's it's an educational process, no doubt about it. Yeah, I just one hundred percent, and I just it's time tested about what adversity does brings out of you. And I just, man, I it, it's just so awesome to hear you know twenty seven years, and you you're still like I'm still learning myself, and I think that's just what is is so great about you, coach. You know, just hearing about that, and I think that's what great coaches. I think great people do great, just successful, like they continue to grow and find themselves and and willing to change, uh, learn. Um, I guess the question too, is like thinking about like, you know, you're dealing with young men, especially very, what they do at 19, 20, 20, like they can make some serious mistakes and they affect them for years. Um, big mistakes, um, is like that identity piece. Like you talked about as being the same person and being the, 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 the father. So with them is like, how, how do you br- bring that in, into them? How are you teaching them those lessons? Like, is that something that you also bring into the clubhouse locker room or a classroom where you talk about their identity as a player and how like, the game would bring them down? Absolutely. We talk about that all the time. It's uh, one of my good friends. He always said baseball is the most self-esteem crushing sports you can play. I mean, it, it will take your soul if you let it, you know, it's uh, you don't get to get mad and go down on a kickoff and hit somebody. It's, it's not that kind of sport. You, you, you're going to have to deal with failure and, and uh, it's going to punch you in the face. It is. It's just, it's going to, I mean, you look at Tennessee last year, they were by far the best team in the country right. from, from the beginning to the end. They didn't go to Omaha. I mean, at, at some point, this game is going to punch you in the face and, and how you deal with it, it's going to mean everything. That's the difference in the guy in double A that's, you know, that's throwing a hundred and the guy in big leagues is throwing a hundred. What's the difference? What's the, well, they can deal with failure. Uh, and that's what we tell our guys all the time. And one of the things I say in our first meeting every year, uh, you, you're you're at a time in your life 
where the frontal lobe of your brain is not fully developed. Scientists say, I guess, in a male 27 years old uh, is when, and that's your decision-making process. Is that, and none, none of you guys that I'm talking to is it's not developed. My wife says mine still isn't, so that's my job. <laughs> always loosen them up, but uh, it's just not uh, where you make decisions. And you're also at a time in your life where you have more testosterone in your body than you ever will ever again, wow. uh, naturally. So you, you combine those two things, uh, testosterone, frontal lobe, uh, you're going to have bad decisions. It's just going to happen. Right. We've all been there. Believe it or not, I was in college. That's what we tell our guys. All your assistants here, they they all went to college. They, they've all been your age. We've all been there. We've all made bad decisions and still do. But uh, you have to fight to... Um, you know, we talk about pride. There's different kinds of pride. We, these are things we talk about all the time. And, you know, pride in your, your family name, pride in your, your, your program or your schoolwork, your community work, or, or, or the bad kind of pride where you're at a party and the guy dares you to jump off a roof into a pool and you say, watch this, because you got to prove to everybody that you're tough enough to do it. You know, we can't have that. So, yeah, our guys know. It's, uh, we talk about it from day one, uh, the ability to make great decisions. Uh, in our group text, uh, especially on on Thursdays and all through the weekend after I send it out, I always in bold, make great decisions. That's the last thing I put. And because uh, we know, it, especially at this age and in a college atmosphere, it's easy. It's easy to get to make a bad decision, and and uh, and we'll deal with it. Look, we uh, our guys know it's uh, it's something we talk about nonstop, and and taking care of each other. You know, just like a family. If you see somebody about to make one, you need to pull them pull them back and uh and that's one thing we preach from day one is the ability to make great great decisions to communicate at a high level because communication's a weapon uh and, and to take care of each other man it's uh it, that's imperative you know if, if you're if your roommate's not getting up for weight you got to get him up i mean that's that's part of your job is to take care of each other and we're all we're all here for each other and for the most part i feel like our guys do a great job with it yeah we got knuckleheads trust me we we all do, don't we? It's uh, but that's that's going to do some things over and over. But uh, for the most part, I feel like our guys make good decisions and they take care of each other. Coach, I was wondering, like, um, as you you talk so, like you you you've mentioned a bunch of times about like how you guys talk about it and you and you go over these things and you have from day one. I'm just looking like from a coaching standpoint, like me turning in, like how can I fit this in my program? When do you and when do you make time for those conversations? Is part of your classroom work, and they say you have classroom. Like, is it every day part of classroom, uh, or is it just as needed after games, like before? Like, when do you kind of find time for these conversations? You, every day, we we start every day. We'll have early work. This is the fall and the spring when we practice. We'll have early work, which is which is optional from like one to two, and then at two o'clock we meet in the classroom. Uh, that was one of the things when they built the new stadium. I, I didn't ask for a lot, but I was like, man, I want a classroom. I just yeah. want somewhere where we can go and, and we can do things and talk. And that's where we do scouting report and, and everything. So every day we, we meet in the classroom and uh, we'll, it's about a 20, 30 minute meeting. It's usually not long. And we'll, we'll, you, in the fall, we do a lot of video review where we'll look at big league clips uh, from games that are going on usually in the fall. It's during the playoffs. So everything's that being played at a high level, whether it's a double cut or, 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 you know, moving a runner or, or dotting a fastball, spotting it up or, or, or whatever it, whatever we, I let our pitching coach, he'll pick five clips. 
I let our hitting coach pick five clips and then I'll pick, you know, something from a team standpoint and we'll show them that. And we'll, we'll, you know, every play in baseball, there's eight teachable points and at eight to 10, I mean, you can see there's a million uh, that you can point out and our guys love it. So that's how we start every day. And, and uh, we'll actually have them come up dissect it. You know, you, you tell us what's going on. Y'all run it today. And, and uh, I think it's an invaluable tool. Our guys love that part of it. And then we'll go out and stretch and start practicing. But during that classroom setting, uh, a lot of times we won't do video review. We'll just talk and uh, we'll maybe something come up. Maybe somebody made a bad decision or maybe it was a uh, devotional I read that day or something I read in a book. And uh, this is where we are. Uh, this is where I feel like we are right now. And, and we'll just talk. We'll have we'll have players stand up and talk or come up. And I, I, I don't like putting people on the spot. I'm just not one of those kind of people. I, I can't. It, and I don't like when people put people on the spot and like, uh, you know, it makes it tough and kind of cringy. So I don't. I don't do that quite often. If I need somebody to speak, I'll usually give them a heads up. I'm going to need you to say a few words. But, but yeah, to answer your question, every day, we start every day in the classroom. And it, it may be 10 minutes. It may be nothing. It may be, um, you know, we, we don't have a lot today. But And then some days it may be 45 minutes. And it, uh, we, we'll have guest speakers a lot to come in and talk to our guys or former players or, or whatever. And, uh yeah, but we do that. We implement that every day. Talk about, you know, we talked about earlier identity and and um, or whatever it is, whatever feel like the theme is. And uh, if you got a pulse of your team, uh, I feel like uh, we do a really good job of that here, keeping our our hand on the pulse of our team and what's going on, and uh, you know whether it's positive or negative, and and building off that. I was just I was just thinking, Coach, like um, just going back to the like invaluable experience. That you, I mean, it just with the adversity and toughness, like you having to go to the high school park um, during that time, because of course you didn't have a classroom then. Uh, was classroom still a part of your uh, your your? Was it still as important to you then? Like how did or how did and or how did you make classroom um, during that time where you really didn't have a facility? During the that's a great question, great point. And during the fall when we were at the high school, which we were out there three falls. Okay, uh, we 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 actually used. The high school has a little locker room coach's office, and they're not practicing during that time. So we actually they allowed us to use it. Oh, great! Uh, essentially, we, yeah, we kind of moved into it. Now it wasn't anything great, but it was something. And so we would still, yeah, we would still we we had a makeshift TV, and uh, we would plug it up to a to all our guys that are tech savvy. We'd let they'd plug it up, and we would do a video review in there. And it was kind of uh, it, it was kind of brutal. It, you know, it was made it kind of funny and light because it wasn't great, but we got it done and, and we would have our meetings there. But once spring rolled around, it was tough because yeah. uh, we didn't have a place. Our our locker room was the football visitor's locker room. Okay, that's where we dressed. And then our guys would have to get in their cars and drive 10 minutes south of town to the high school field. And it, it, was, it, was, like, uh, it was like high school. I mean, it was... You know, it literally they would have to get dressed over here on campus, and uh, it was a football locker room, so it they never hung out in there. It you know, football locker rooms, baseball clubhouses, a lot different, you know, sure. set up differently, and it's it's just not a hangout. Uh, so they would not hang out in there. So they would get dressed, come down there, and it it made it tougher in the spring because we just didn't have a place. We the coach's office was one office. We had a round table, and all of us sat at the same table. Okay. And there were days it was like coaches go, I'm out, man. I can't, I can't look at you guys anymore. Just get up and leave. I'll see you at the park. And you know, it, it made it tough. There was, a, but you look back on it now, we all laugh about it. Some of the stuff we had to do, and 
But you know what? When you're in the middle of it, uh, it's like anything. When you're in the middle of adversity and like me saying beginning of the year, man, I don't know if I could deal with that. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Uh, you got two options. It's either surrender or fight. And that there is no other option when you're back in the corner. That's what we tell our guys every day. They're, you're either going to surrender or you're going to fight. And and uh, we, when you're back in the corner, you do it. You get it done. You you, you get up, you get you go to work, and you, you do what you can. And I think it created some toughness in our program and some some uh, we do we do a deal uh, appreciation Friday ever I think every every Friday in the fall we have what we call appreciation Friday where we write a letter of appreciation to somebody who's meant something to our life hey it can be your mom dad preacher teacher uh, summer league coach travel ball coach whatever you're a Division one athlete somebody has sacrificed and made a difference in your life and you know it takes five minutes to add value to somebody's life. Uh, it, it, when you're writing a letter of appreciation, we, we take out the, the the piece of paper and pen. We don't, and we write it old school. And it takes five minutes. We're not asking for a dossier. We're asking for a thank a thank you letter that's going to take you five minutes. And when that person receives it, it's going to add a ton of value to their life, and it adds value to your life, the writer, because you're doing something. It's like we tell our guys: you ever buy a Christmas present for somebody, you can't wait for them to open it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that's like writing the letter of appreciation. But uh, we do that in the fall every Friday. Uh, it's a big deal. And we keep they can do it anytime. We keep the letters in the classroom that guys do. They write letters to different people. But I think that time my point was when we didn't have anything, I think it my big concern when we moved into this nice, beautiful stadium, I had a little bit of concerns like, uh oh, now we got we went from not having anything to now we got anything we want. Yeah. Are, are we are we going to become soft? Are we going to be, are we still going to be hungry? And are we? And, and it was like they had so much appreciation for what they had now. I mean, it it was like it was the greatest thing ever. You 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 could just see it in their eyes, man. Every day they even to this day we've been in this facility since twenty one. Uh, so this is our third what third year in the facility. It's you can see it. I mean, even me, I walk in every day and go, my gosh, I can't can't believe this is my office overlooking the field. I can't believe that, uh, you know, that we sell this place out season tickets every year. And, and, um, I can't believe we got sky boxes and, and, uh, the train goes by five times a game. It's just a great setting. And, uh, I, I think it took our appreciation level. We already had it in our program, but I think it took it to, to an even higher level of going from really having nothing to, to having something that, um, that you, that is just outstanding. Was it something like, was it your kind of forethought of like, we're going to start the appreciation day because like, did you know the works of the facility, what was going to be and say, Hey, you know, like, we're going to kind of set this appreciation in now for when we do have this stuff. Like how was that a little bit of forethought of there? No. Like, where you were going? The appreciation Fridays you talk yeah. about? Yeah. No, we, we did that. Uh, I did not start. John Cohen implemented that at Mississippi state. And, uh, and I loved it. And when I got the head job at Northwestern state, we did it. And then I brought it here to Louisiana tech. And I'm going to tell you something about the appreciation Friday letters. Uh, I get more positive feedback from, you know, whether it's a parent or a, a, a Juco coach or a high school coach. And, uh, I've actually went into, uh, a junior college coach's office one time, not long ago. And, uh, I was out recruiting and, and we had we had signed about three or four kids from his program, and he said, "Come here, I want to show you something." And he he had gotten letters from all of them, and he had them taped up on on the wall in front of his desk. And really? he's like, "Man, it's the greatest thing I've ever got." I mean, it's like unbelievable. And it, 
again, it the, the positive feedback from that, it, it, we get more feedback from those letters than anything we do. And, you know, I think it adds, a, it's, a, it's a life skill too, because, uh, you know, we I tell our guys all the time, appreciation is a lost art in society today. It just is. I mean, uh, we're all guilty of it. You don't, you know, just one of the things we talk about, we, we're in the South, so I grew up down here. So we say, yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And uh, we, we, some of you didn't grow up here and I get it. I've lived in the Midwest and that ma'am and sir isn't always said, but we'd appreciate it if you did that. And I, I just think that just please and thank you. We we make sure we say those things and, you know, and uh, even when we stay at a hotel, I, I love, we got, we got that compliment this week. I love when our ops person says, uh, Hey, they, they just wanted me to tell you that's the best team they've ever had to stay here the way they conducted themselves. Those are the things that matter more than anything wins and losses and, and yeah, it's just uh, those are some things we have in our program that we that we do, and I think it goes a long way uh, when you when you're talking about donors and season tickets and and people coming to your ball games. Well, for sure, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure, especially like right now, like you said, guys are going through a tough time, and you guys aren't, you know, winning and things like that, and guys are still able to handle themselves when they go on the road, and you know, still be productive men. Well, there's certain parts of your program non-negotiable, whether you win it or lose it. it yep. <laughs> yeah, there's certain things we are going to do, and and I'm sure that's you know every program out there, whether you're, you know, you you treat people right, whether it's telling the people coming to clean your room, thank you, and not just saying I that, you know, one of our one of our things is take care of the little things, and and they'll say, well, you know, well, you're asking, what does that mean, coach? Take care of the little things. Well, I'll tell you what it means. It means if I'm in my truck. And I pulled up the facility and I see some guys walking in in my rear view mirror and you step over three pieces of trash and don't pick it up. Uh, that's not taking care of the little things. It's uh, you're basically saying I, that's not my job. That's the janitor's job. He'll do that or she'll do that. And uh, those are things that we talk about in our program all the time. And that you talked about earlier, the younger guys taking over as they get older, they know that they know things that are going to set me off and things that, that I appreciate and I love and, things that are going to get me riled up. And I think that's a part of, of culture that, that, uh, you know, as long as they know the things that we're supposed to do, and I'll see our guys all the time picking up trash in the park, <laughs> but it's, uh, they know it's, uh, it's a big part of who we are. That's awesome, coach. Hey, uh, coach, I did have, a, I have a thought because I think it's kind of swerving in here to like uh, base, uh, base, like stuff on the field is I remember you made a comment about like, um, you talk about like your your commitment to making it the best part of the to making it fun, you know, to enjoy it. Could you give an example of like like when you know during the time when it wasn't fun for you, like you didn't make, you didn't make that commitment? Like what like think of a difference in in like a drill or like a practice, like in practice, like how did you like it's doing the same thing, but we made it more enjoyable. Like could you yeah, think of I, a way that you did that? Yeah, uh, about four weeks ago we were. We were on. A, we have a Thursday, Thursday practice routine. Whether we're on the road or whether we're at home, our okay. Thursday practice is an hour and a half. It's that's it, and it. We have the same routine. We've been doing it for years. We do, uh, you know, we do individual defense. We take BP, and then we do what we call challenges. Um, we'll we'll have uh, we'll have our infielders. They have to turn a double play off fungo and four three or better. 
uh, or they got to run for each one they don't. Our outfielders all go to right field. They throw one hops to home plate. Uh, the catcher has to handle it, put on the tag. Our pitchers turn either one six threes or one two threes, four three or better. And then our catchers have to throw to second base. Um, we don't really time them; just put it on the left side of the bag. So it's we we call those challenges that ever how many they didn't get right. Let's just say we messed up seven, and then they got seven down and backs, or they can go double or nothing. And uh, you know sometimes they'll go double. I go, I right, think about it. You're gonna you may have fourteen. And then they'll say, they get the pick. Hey, it's a double play. These are infielders. And, you know, if they turn it, they go crazy because they don't have to run any. But anyway, saying all that, we are really scuffling about four weeks ago. I mean, really scuffling. We got a home series, and I, I'm looking for anything. And, I, you know, basically I called the Bulldog men in and said, look, y'all got practice today. It's it's called a captain's practice. We're, coaches aren't even going to be there. Y'all get, We'll be here, but uh, essentially y'all got it. And, uh it, it, it was fun to watch them from our offices, and and uh, but it, they had a blast. I mean, they ended up playing a t-ball game, and uh, we go out that weekend and went to you know we play lights out, and and they were like, we got practice every Thursday from here on out. Said, that's, fine with, that's fine with me. I don't care. I'll, I'll go to a movie or something. And, but just I, I think you have to do those things. It's you know it's uh, we we I went off what we had been doing for years on Thursday to like hey I'm open to anything. Y'all do it. Y'all run it and. And they literally, they did their normal stuff to get better. And but then they played. They literally put a tee at home plate, and uh, they, you know, that the the hitters had to hit the other hand so the pitchers could they could hit if they're right-handed hitter they could hit right, but the hitters had to hit the other way. And and uh, they had a blast. I mean, they had fun. It it was about getting back to having fun. And um, you know, I, I think you have to be open to those kind of things. But that's just one example that it literally happened within the last this past month. Yeah. Yeah. It's just where, like you think, like in the past, like, you know, those kind of opportunities would have never been there. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, when you're, and I think when you're, when you're actually struggling uh, and going through adversity, you, you, you figure out who you are as a coach, you're going to be rigid or you're going to adapt. Uh, you got to have a pulse of your team. You know, I could see it in their eyes, man. They were uh, the way we were playing. They were, they were playing not to lose and, and uh, they, they were not being who they were. Our fall was unbelievable. Uh, we had an unbelievable fall. We went and played Auburn. We didn't keep score. We kept score. We didn't. But when the starters and the starters came out, uh, we were winning 11 to 2 after five innings. <laughs> and, then, and then we were, we were living 11, winning 11 to 9 after nine. We ended up playing 12. They ended up winning the ball game. But uh, then we go to Monroe and we, same thing. I mean, we just we couldn't have played any better. And you're going, my gosh, I think we're going to be pretty good. And yeah, and uh, you know, op- opening weekend, our best player, we lose him, Cape All Star, eighty RBIs, run producer, and our best player, we lose him. Our Saturday guy goes down. We we start things start happening. You're going, uh oh, this. We go from being really deep to okay, now we're just trying to get a team on the field, uh, whether it's injuries or what have you, or guys just not playing well and. I think it, you figure out who you are as a coach, man. You're you're like, okay, I got to dig deep and I got to have a pulse of the team and what what's going to make every team's different. Every team's different. You know, you got to figure that out. I think that's the the biggest part of a coach is figuring out what what makes this team tick and putting them in positions to be successful. It may be letting them have a captain's practice. And I think this tight team and their personality that we have this year, I think it was awesome for them. I think they, I think it almost they they exhaled. And, uh, you know, we're able to breathe and say, hey, uh, it's okay. We can go out and have fun playing this game. And 
I think uh, when you're not having fun, it makes it tough. But yeah, it, I think as a coach, you just, you know, if, if everything's good and the season's going great, you're kind of like, wow, not not really having to do much, just get out of their way. And I've had those years too, where you just get out of their way and make sure you don't mess it up. But I think when the adversity hits, you kind of figure out what you're all about. And, and the main thing is keep showing up every day, show up every day, keep punching and, and, uh, and, and I think we've done that this year. And, it, you know, I, I look at it as a positive, And I, I didn't, you know, three weeks ago. But now, you're, as I talked about earlier, we're all finding out stuff about ourselves. And, and uh, when we look back, well, I don't know how this season ends. I don't have a crystal ball. But when we look back, uh, whether it's a, a great story that, that, that we were able to write that people will talk about forever or we just say what we are. I think you look back on this year, no matter what, and say I learned a lot about who I was. Uh, about myself and these young men we, it's not just lip service we tell them look it, i told them this a few weeks ago this ain't pressure uh we, this you're in the best time of your life I mean, right you're in college and you're playing ball i mean there's gonna come a day when you're gonna have a wife and kids they, they need you to get up and go to work and, and bring home some money and support them and be there for them even when you don't feel like it and, uh that that that's more pressure than this and it don't get no easier life doesn't get easier and you know no matter how this season ends, I think these guys and coaches ever be able to look back and go learn a lot about who I was and how to get through some tough times. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's tough there. That's great perspective, and I yeah, it goes back to that identity part you were talking about. Just you know, showing up every day, be that person. I I can even say like for mine, like a, one of the most memorable seasons. Like you know, we were five hundred at the JUCO level, and it was like there was no. There was no, there was no, like, we still fought, you know, and it was just a matter of, like, no one gave in. And you you could also tell, like, it spoke a lot of a couple guys, like, a couple guys that left or, you know, and uh, it spoke volumes to that person, you know. And, Absolutely. and the, the guys who stayed and fought, you know, like, those guys are guys that are guys I would count on right now today because I know they went through it when it wasn't easy. <laughs> Absolutely, man. No doubt about it. I mean, same thing with those kids that went through the, and we still got some of those kids here that went through those years without the the facility when the tornado hit. I mean that. Yeah, there's like guys, a reservoir. Yeah. Yeah. Those no are your doubt. guys, man. No those are your guys for sure. I did, I man, coach, like, how? Oh man. I I just I love I think because like there's a lot of high school guys that you know facilities they're not Division one facilities and things like that like. What kind of adjustments? Like I, I just because I like talking practice too. Is like is man, how did you have to like you said you, you brought in the equipment things like that? How were you able to make adjustments facility wise with with when you had to go to the like you know high school park? Yeah, you know I'll tell you a funny story about that. The high school field here it's actually pretty nice. We actually yeah, played sure. games on it before we ended the nineteen year. We we ended up playing I think five games on it. Uh, even a, we had a conference weekend against Western Kentucky on it as well. And then started the next year. Uh, and that was when COVID hit. So we were, we didn't really, we only played like eight games on it, but uh, that's a great question where it's located. And I, I'll, I'll intertwine this with a funny story where, where the field's located. It's called the Rustin sports plague. So it's a brand new uh, little league facility. I mean, like hosted the world, Dixie world series a couple of years ago and going to host it again this summer softball facilities, uh, volleyball, basketball, soccer. I mean, it's just this unbelievable uh, sportsplex out there that is just phenomenal. Well, there'll be days, let me tell you this, in 
in uh, in the spring. So now Ruston High School has to practice. So we, what we would do on the weekends, like Friday, we got inter squad in January or February. So we would go out. We would take BT during the at noon. We would leave. We'd bring our guys back up at like four or five because Ruston has to practice. And uh, we would go down to the Little League field. So we, we had this one field called B6. That was meet us at B6. And uh, we would do our in and out. We'd do our individual defense on this little bitty field. We'd do our bunt coverages, first and thirds. And, and then we would go up to the field when Rusty got done and we'd enter squad. And that's, you kind of just adapt and adjust. And that's one of the cornerstones of our program. We had, and one of them is adapt and adjust. And it always has been, even before the, tornado you have to have the ability to adapt and adjust whether it's a, a rain uh, it rains and you get, they, they halt the game and they say come back and play too you got to adapt you got to adjust you don't even talk about it and uh, but there was the funny part of this story is true story we're, we're preseason ranked uh, and we're out there working uh, on B6 Little League field yep. and all of a sudden one of the travel team shows up all the parents and I'm like I think they must have practice here and uh it's funny because the news media was out there. It was right before the season started. And so I go, I see the coach, and I go, I said, hey, man, y'all y'all got practice? You're like, yeah, we actually do. And I'm like, all right. You know, and I, I, I got kids, so I get it. The parents don't want to sit out there all day and all night. So I basically right. uh, said, hey, guys, we, we got to get off the field. And uh, we got – essentially, we got booted off the field by – 12 year old travel team so uh so we <laughs> we actually talk about that all the time it's like here we are man that kind of keeps it in perspective it's, we're preseason ranked uh d1 baseball team and the 12 year old rustin wildcats just kicked us off the field so uh, keep, it kind of keeps you in check you know? oh yeah don't let, your head, don't let your head get too big but uh that's one of the stories we our guys will still say it today they'll be like coach we can go back to b6 if we need to and uh, yeah, the day we got ran off. And the funny thing was there was media out there too. So they, they were able to see it. It was kind of a funny, funny deal. Uh, just, it's just, uh, I think just your ability to get, to really roll with the stuff too, you know, and, and, and guys, it, it is, you know, that's, it's pretty awesome. Just how they're, you're able to kind of just handle those kind of things. I'm sure not everybody would have handled it as well as what you did there. That's for sure. Well, I, I appreciate it. My wife, I, I started dating my wife we started dating in eighth grade if you can date in the eighth grade so we've been so she always <laughs> she has said our whole lives you little i can handle the bigger things way better than i can the little things it's like a you know a little thing i can it'll set me off and but like if it's a big major uh, it's uh, it's unbelievable i i don't know why i guess that's the way the good lord wired my brain and it does seem that way though it's like little bitty things will set me off that doesn't really matter and then the things that should set me off that uh, I, I tend to, <laughs> I'm able to process it better and, and uh, handle it better. It's, I don't know if it's a gift or a curse, but it, it does seem to be that way. Yeah, with you, I've never heard it like that, but I, I, I have a very similar in that regard. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> There's also the little things that make, you know, add up to those big things too. So that's I can, right. I can, that's I can right. definitely relate to that for sure. Wow, that's really great. I'm just, just man, you it's a great way of saying it. Handle the big things with the little things and set me off that is for sure. Pick it up the trash, you know, like oh I can I mean I've said it. I've said it, you know, you know, walking by the balls right. and you're picking them up. You're not picking up the balls, you know, like just little things, you know. That's right, correct. Oh yeah. Oh, that's good. That's so good. Um 
Oh man, coach, this is great. This is so good. Um, oh man. So now you're in the new facility. Everything's good. I mean, now you're going through some tough times, you know, and, and, um, you know, I, I, you mentioned, um, cause I, I'm just thinking about how we've got other guys that have mentioned sort of classroom and different things. Like, will you ever bring in a, I'm, I'm going back to this guest speaker comment you made earlier about that, the first pitch banquet, but when it comes to like, let's say, you know, these kind of things are keeping perspective. Will you bring in a guest speaker and maybe part, uh, in your program at all? Oh, absolutely. I'm all about the guest speakers and I love when former players are here, I'll have them talk to the team and, um, you know, I had former player do, do chapel the other day and I had one do one on the road. He was close by to, and, uh, you know, they'll do the chapel, but then they also, Hey, I want you to talk about us too. And being a, a player here. And, you know, I, I think, uh, I, I'm coach Bianco, Mike Bianco this year at the ABCA convention, you know, the national champion coach, always first speaker. And one of the things he said was he always had guest speakers and, and I'm the same way he said, but then I kind of got away from it, kind of got guarded and. He's like, I don't really know why. Maybe we just weren't having success when they would speak or whatever. And, and I, I was thinking, yeah, that's kind of – and then he started it back as they were struggling last year. Ever, he had them coming and going, and it was like it was resonating with the team. So uh, I, I can 100% feel uh, I've been there too. And But I, I love, you know, we actually brought a guy in a couple of weeks ago, spent a couple of days with us, just watched us, and then he met with the team, met with the coaches, met uh, with the leaders, met with the guys that – we need to get going and it, it was awesome man to a man I asked our guys I was like they were like it was the greatest thing ever coach that was awesome I mean just another voice and and uh, keeping it in perspective um you know so yeah a hundred percent on with the guest speakers and any chance we have for that I'm going to jump all over it okay yeah because I was just wondering if that was a uh if that was just the first pitch banquet thing or like you know I think guys are like uh, like you said uh as you're going through adversity you're trying to figure out you're fighting you know and you're trying to find different ways to fight and didn't know if that was also something you've probably worked on absolutely yeah well cool mm, awesome um yeah coach uh it's been great I, I know you got practice and all and we've been here almost an hour and a half um you know, just, I guess just anything final, you know, just kind of wrapping things up, you know, like, I guess for me, the final thing is like it, this, I guess the way that you are, you know, and your philosophy on coaching and like, how has it, um, how has it evolved to this point? Is it, is it just, is it, is it been a steady, is it been a certain place, has it been a certain time in your life or how has it kind of evolved and gotten to this point? Yeah, I think you mature as a coach. I think one of the things I was, you know, I heard uh, Cliff Guy when I heard your podcast with him. I actually listened to it the other day, um, and I want to give you some credit uh, because I actually texted Cliff after I listened to it, and they were going through a similar type year last year, um, as we are, very similar. A lot of the same stuff happened that uh, to them that's happened to us, and they were kind of sitting there 500, and they ended up hosting a Super Regional, and I just I'm sitting there listening to it on the bus and and I turn around to our one of our assistants behind me. I'm like, give me a piece of paper now. I didn't have any paper with me and I'm like taking notes from you and him and I actually texted him and said, Hey man, I just listened to this, your deal with Trey. I said, You I just want you to know, man, you lifted me up. You guys the stuff you talked about I needed to hear and so to you, I appreciate you. Don't don't think there are any people out there uh just listening to that podcast uh helped me but I think uh, I think I heard one thing he said. He's always been a hard charger, and that's me. I've known Cliff forever. I'm the same way. I mean, it's like 
you know, it's, it ain't going good. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to push harder. And, and uh, I think you start, ha- I had kids, I think, and my old players will tell you, you you've gotten soft coach. Well, I'll go back and play Southern Miss. They'll go, you gotten soft. And <laughs> you know how play- players tell you. Make <laughs> oh yeah. And I'm like, I probably have, you know, you have, you have your own kids and you realize, wait a minute. Uh, somebody loves all these guys. I mean, there's somebody that loves them no matter what uh, it's their parents. And, and so that, that kind of hits you. And then, it kind of helps you mature. And I just think as you, as you get older and uh, you kind of put things in perspective, man, it's uh, with the help of, of people that's close to you, you know, uh, you know, I remember years ago when I was my first year as a head coach at Northwestern, my wife, we were struggling 16 and 40 talking. She said, you need to go talk to somebody, not a baseball coach. And so I, there was a basketball coach on campus, Mike McConaughey, all time winning his coach, Louisiana history college wise. And a great Christian man, just, Salt of the Earth was a great player here at Louisiana Tech, and I just went. He had just gotten beat by Florida in the NCAA tournament round one, one in sixteen matchup. Uh, I mean, I said, I know you don't want to talk to me, but anyway, he gave me a book as I'm leaving, and I said, great, another book. And that book changed my life. Walking with God, John Eldridge, and uh, just uh, having him. You know, it, 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 it. Butch Thompson said it when we, good friend of mine. You know, you need to talk to the people going to cry at your funeral. Those are the people you need to lean on. And, Everybody needs a Paul, a Timothy, and Barnabas in their life, a mentor, somebody that's your friend right there that, that's seen you in the bad times and don't care what you do for a living, and, and then somebody you can mentor. And I think I've taken all that to heart. And I think as you mature, you just get perspective, and, and you realize they, uh, one of the best advice pieces of advice I got um, uh, this year is one of my good friends said, and the only social media I'm on is Twitter. He said, you need to get off social media now. And I did. I logged off and had, but it's like made a difference. You know, you're not seeing any negativity, and because right. at the end of the day, the, those voices don't really matter. You know, it's it's the voices of, and I think uh, just I think maturity. I mean, as you as you get older and and um, you become less selfish in your motives, I would hope. You know, and it ain't you realize. I heard Cliff say that too about all the rings, and uh, but it is about relationships. It's about the, you know, I turned fifty in December and my wife put together this video and uh, you know, you, you don't realize we're all blessed. And basically she went back, she had friends from high school and players I've coached, whoever she could reach out to. And it was like a five minute video of just, you know, people, random people in my life telling me happy birthday. And you know, if I'm, if I meant anything or like, I'm like, and I'm sitting there crying like a baby. It's like, my <laughs> gosh, you know, I, I didn't realize I knew this many people, much less they liked me, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> but I think it's just, you, you keep it in perspective, man. At the end of the day, it's, we're all in the same fight. We're all in the same battle. Uh, you know, when you, 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 you just try to get through the day, no matter what you're doing for a living and you get up, you go to work and you, and you do the best you can and you get up and do it again and try to be the best version of that, of you that you can be. And, uh, but yeah, no, no doubt. I think as you, as you move through and navigate through your career, uh, yeah, you, you learn so much about yourself and, and what you're doing. So, yeah, and I'm still, like I told you earlier, when we started saying I'm still trying to figure out stuff and learn stuff about myself, even here, probably, you know, on the backside of my career, um, you're still trying to be the best you can. Huge shout out to coach Burroughs and all the great things we've got a chance to talk about. Um, just really loved just the, the realness of the conversation. Those are the guys that I, I just truly connect with. Um, feel really fortunate to be able to talk to. 
inspires me to also be more transparent, be as real as I can, be authentic. And Coach Burroughs is another one of those guys. So I really, really appreciate it, especially just taking some time here right in the middle of the season, um, you know, being real about, you know, we go through that. You know, the guys at every level are going through, you know, your team's going through a tough time right now. Or in your life, you're going through a tough time right now, and you're just being fully, like, sometimes just being able to talk about it, talk through it, be vulnerable, being real is going to help us get through those tough times. And at the end of the day, it's a matter of how we're going to be remembered how we dealt with those, how do we respond to when things weren't easy, to when, it, when it was hard, when it was tough. I really get a, I'm going to remember that conversation for sure. Hope you do as well. And then as we continue just having great conversations and continue looking at how we can develop a full person, full program, and enjoy just, just being surrounded by some great people. So Coach Burroughs, really appreciate you. Thank you guys for sticking with us. Thank you to the Netting Pros, our sponsor, Netting Pros, for helping us continue to spread the word. And until next time, keep getting better.